0: this is the odd father podcast with chris matthews and pete court
1: hi this guy here is chris he used to be a research scientist in the field of molecular biology until he reckons god told him he wanted him to look after a suburban church and this is pete who used to be in commercial media
0: until he became a novelist and started teaching people how to be highly creative. One thing we have in common, we've both met God. Yep, and we love people, but we really love God and we love being His children. But we both find being God's kids can be
1: baffling. So, that's why we got together. Not to find the answers, but to try and find the right questions. How you doing Chris? I'm doing well Pete, yourself? Good, good, good to chat with you. First question, oh. I'll ask you a question okay. first.
0: right. Why do you want to do this? I think it's because questions open dialogue. Answers are very good at shutting down conversations. Uh, and it's very easy, I think, to appear uh, as an expert mm. um, by giving an answer. And often we, we can we can win the Wikipedia award, which is for answers given confidently, whether they're right or not. Um, and I think we can be quite guilty of giving answers without thinking about them. Yeah. And I think
1: we like to have the answers,
0: don't we? I love to have the answers. <laughs> that's why um, you like having grandkids. That's, that's, that's part of the thing, I think. Having mm. answers uh, uh, can be quite fulfilling. Mm. Whereas having the questions opens up a lot of uncertainty. Mm. And people don't really like uncertainty in their lives. Yeah. But uncertainty is a powerful thing because it sends people looking for stuff. I you know, I was, I was always a fan of really old maps where in the corners it said, "Here there be dragons," um, because people wanted to go and see if there were actually dragons. Um, in, in some ways, that's a, you know, somebody put an answer there: "Here there be dragons." We know that answer that answer yeah. was quite false, um,
1: but it actually set people asking questions. And yes, I think the, that's the, why the things we've lost with GPS. Is, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can you Google the dragon finding here? Yeah. But um, one of the one of the things I think that's quite interesting is that you you're sort of started out as a man of science and a, and are a man of science. You you think scientifically, and that was of course your career for a very very long time. It seems that science was very good at having the answers for a while, and faith was supposedly answering the questions and I wonder whether we've got that around the other way now where churches and pastors and ministers have to have the answers and yet science is allowed to ask the questions and go and seek the answers
0: um,
1: yes I, I think and of course that is
0: again a perception um, and, and I guess a, a simplification um, in, because science has always been about the questions mm. um, but I think initially, and probably for centuries, nobody was actually interested in the answers apart from the scientists mm. um, because a lot of it didn't impact uh, or everyday life, or at least it didn't impact it very quickly. Whereas now, I think, because of the easy access to information, uh, scientific uh, facts, mm. if you like, in quotation marks, are easily available and people look to the advancement of our society as being science-based. Yeah. Uh, Whereas uh, I think in the past, science was viewed with suspicion because a large number of people in our society uh, had uh, faith-based beliefs Mm -hmm. Um, and that provided the answers they needed. Yeah. Um, And so, yes, I think there has been somewhat of a, a reversal of that.
1: So we end up with this either or. It's either science or it's faith. And I think that's a really scary place for us to be. It is. I think that's the wrong place the world needs to be.
0: Science does not answer the same questions. No. Or does not answer the questions that faith asks.
1: And I think we don't ask the questions of faith the same way we ask the questions of science. And I think I'd like to change that. Yes. And so so let's throw our brains at some questions. Yeah. I us start with a really, really basic, really, really simple one that um, there's so much in it. And I'm sure we'll keep coming back to this question. It's about God. (laughs) Is God he or is God it? Now, God God gets called, of course, a lot of things. And nowadays, Lord, King, there are all these human terms, there's people things. So is God really just a big, amazing people or person? Uh, And if it... That's not what God is, or if that's not who He is, and why? Why do we talk to Him like that? And what what effect does that have on us? So He's got a He's got a person, a bloke, or a healer, or a, what is bloke a? You know, He's got a, he's got a He.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, God we'll put it this way: God's definitely not neat. Um, I think it implies a depersonification uh, of God, and I think there's. There's a great tendency to do that, and I think uh, you know, science fiction mm. is a great example of this, especially uh, Star Wars.
1: Yes. yes.
0: Because uh, the universe is, is ruled by the force.
1: Okay, which is an it.
0: Which is an it, right. and you can tap into the force, Right. Um, but the force doesn't determine whether you use the dark side yeah. or the light side. Right, okay. Uh, that's left up. To humans, whereas mm. uh, I think God, as a person, is our uh, or is regarded as our um, a lightning rod, if you like, for our morality. Right, right. Um, so you just said God as a person. So yes, and so I think. So God think is a we'll, person. We'll take it out of the equation. I, okay, I but, certainly believe God okay. is a person. As to whether He is a person, um, <laughs> is. A tricky one. I don't think God is a male person in the way we understand a male right. person. Right. I, do we want to go further down that rabbit yeah, hole? Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> I, I think well, it, we do. And we, we set God up as king and we you yeah. know, say he he is Lord we, and we, we pray to him and, and all of that sort of stuff. And I it, it worries me that by doing that, I have made God human sized.
0: Yeah, and also male human size. Male
1: human size, yeah.
0: Um, which, yeah, I think it, it can be a problem. Um, I think it's one of those questions that, that's good to ask, possibly about the Genesis story. Right. In that uh, it says God made man in His image, male right. and female. He created them. Now, of course, the term "man" we use there is is really the term for mankind or human mm-hmm. humankind, if you like. Um, So I think the fact that both men and women are created in God's image implies that that God himself must have distinctives of both of those genders.
1: Right. And you've just thrown the cat amongst the pigeons by saying he must have that. Uh, um, But also that we are made in his image or in the image of God. Yeah. Um, But does that mean we look like him? I hope not. Is, is that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up! We, but uh, is, is, what, what does that mean? We, we are made in the image of God. I mean, that's that's a huge question, particularly if the person who's made in the image of God is a dictator.
0: Yes, um, I don't think how. I mean, image is an interesting um, term, I guess. Uh, obviously we can't all look like god mm. or either god looks like bits of all of us mm-hmm. um but the thing is that we haven't actually ever seen god so we don't right. we don't really know right um but i think the image part of it is that we are created in his image now an image is uh, often sort of a reflection or a type or something that is similar to the the real thing so i think it has similarities yeah Yeah. so we're we're not god Mm. as such but we are similar to god we we were created you know slightly higher than the angels i think it says um but the image part of it i think is we are created to have god's personality Mm. and again not everybody has same as all bits of, it. of yeah, yeah, as all of yeah. God's personality, yeah. Yeah. Um, and his characteristics, um, and mm. ability to interact, mm. I think. with...
1: So, when we try to be the image of God, obviously, we can we'll talk about Jesus at some stage and how that that's God's way of saying, okay, look, you want to know what God is like? Here's, here's what I would be if I was a human. So, there's, there's a whole lot of yes. other stuff yeah, in there, yeah. but that's kind of how he's done it, but I my, my, my fear is that a genderless being of infinite power who loves us personally and deeply vanishes when we call him king, like he's Elvis. And, and, I, and I feel that we just by having him as God, as the and seated on the throne, we constantly refer to God seated on the throne, blah blah blah, all of that. Those are very human things. Yes. And I think we dearly want to understand God. We genuinely want to know what this God is like. So we squeeze him into human sized forms and boxes. And at that point I think I'm aware that I'm going in the wrong direction, I think.
0: Yeah. I'll, I I agree. Also I think that one of the problems is that the the boxes Of terms like king and lord that we read about, Mm. uh, for instance, in the Old Testament, yeah, uh, we've also lost the meaning of those boxes. Our views of king or or lord uh, today are hugely different to what they Mm. and I in the the writers of the Old Testament knew. And I think their 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 if we want to keep calling it a box, their (laughs) box was far richer and Mm. uh, more um, ornate and complete and perhaps with a greater understanding of God than I think our, our box is today. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. The idea of a monarchy in the first place is anathema to a lot of people mm. today. Um, and so I, I think it has gone from a, a way of trying to understand God's majesty by using human terms mm. to actually restricting God yeah. by using human, human terms. terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. To yeah. put him in Because in a our box. terms have shrunk. Yes, of um,
1: course, yes, and and the Lord. I mean, we have the House of Lords in England, but we don't have one, you know, where we are. And, no, and so it's become this. It's shrunk
0: down. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a joke.
1: No, yeah, the House of Lords. So yeah. I
0: do apologise. And, and yeah, yeah. Um, so
1: uh, that, that yeah, yeah. So our and and I guess there's something that will come up again and again as we question, you know, how baffling God is. Is that it's perhaps baffling because the words and the terms and the cultural references we're using are thousands and thousands of years old, and they're not ours. Yeah. So we, so I think it's really important. Yeah, I think your point there is very important that we constantly question what we're thinking about, what we're thinking about. Yeah. When I think of those things, and which leads me to a very interesting question: that um, did the Muslims have a good idea when they basically forbade the representation of Allah? They, they, and and I, for those of you who read your news, remember that uh, the French. Satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo got shot up and people got mm. killed because a bunch of fundamentalist Muslims um, didn't like the fact that they had cartoons of Muhammad. I think it was and Allah. They basically yeah. they basically said you can't do that. And they were so keen on it. That, I mean, fundamentalism in any religion is a problem. Yes, and that's something that we're not going to get to. But the fact that there exists this concept that God, Allah, is more than we can ever understand and it's foolish to try and draw even a picture of him. I think it's something that Christianity sort of goes, no, that's okay, we'll just hang a picture of him on the wall.
0: Yes. I wonder whether
1: that's a problem that maybe we've brought upon ourselves.
0: I think well, I think that there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, I mean, in the Ten Commandments, it actually warns us against making images. Yes, of hinges. course. Yeah. Um, but I think... Um, and it's, it's another thing that is constantly mentioned throughout the Bible. You know, mankind has strived to um, use its own wisdom and, and ability mm. to try and get closer to God. And I think this idea of having pictures of Jesus, and we know that famous paintings of Jesus yeah. have been revealed to have looked nothing like a, a person from the Middle East of those times would even have looked like. So our, our representations are horrendously inaccurate. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, uh, and not knowing the artist, uh, I'm, I'm guessing here, but the idea of representing him is not to really represent him as a person, but to represent the glory mm. that he represents. Yeah. And yeah. I think in doing that, the trouble is that the viewer of your art... Yeah, yeah does not always have the same understanding of why you've created the art. Mm, And so I think, yes, in some ways, we do run the risk of diminishing God by creating images of God.
1: And actually, just on that interesting point, is that we are always sort of almost called to critique art. Yes. And if you're critiquing art about something that's supposed to be looking at something that's not critiquable, something that's far beyond you anyway, then, Mm. yeah, there's... It's an interesting wormhole that yeah. we can disappear down.
0: Now, whether we should get as militant as to get upset with people who make these images yeah. uh, is yeah. another thing entirely. Mm. But I think it's good to remind ourselves that in our efforts to under- understand God, trying to standardize a an image or a, a picture or yeah. a, a, a particular form uh, is probably not helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to one last question before we go but we I want to leave with a question we're not, we're not going to come up with any answers but just quickly to get to that why that's why this is actually such an important place to start the conversation you you love getting out and camping throwing throwing down a, yes. a tent and stuff best side of the sky where, where would that be for you the best night sky
0: Whoa far away from human civilization exactly. as possible Any, anywhere yeah um deep creek is always a place that's the uh, deep creek
1: conservation park on yep, the, that's on the Penis- uh, yeah that's Peninsula.
0: got good views but um, yeah
1: I, I remember doing um uh, the variety club bush bash and getting out into the middle of the northern territory mm. out on a plateau and all the lights were out and just the sky is almost daylight it's so full mm. of stars and you can't even see the individual stars i compare that with being here in the city when you look up and you go, look, there's a star, look, there's a star, and there's an aeroplane and there's a star, you know, you can see individual stars. Yeah, I think, and not many of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's how we spend our lives, because of religion, because of what we've been taught. We can look up and we can see things that are amazing. We can see, there's the moon, you know, we can see that sometimes, and, and we can see a star or two, and, that, yeah. and and that's really cool. What I want to find for myself is that place where I am out unencumbered by light pollution, and I can look up and see God and go, now I get it. Yes. That's what I should have been seeing. Yeah. And I think all of these things about turning God into a human and putting him into all these boxes that like, we've been discussing is part of that light pollution that we live with.
0: Yes. And I think that's... I mean, and to be fair, it's probably unintentional that <laughs> people have got there. Hmm. But I think we need to look at how we can strip away a lot of the stuff that is either um, irrelevant mm-hmm. uh not as important as we'd like to think or just plain wrong. Yeah. Uh, Which does, I think, hold us back from getting a a clear picture not only of who God is, but how God wants us to interact with him. Yeah. Um, And so I think it's important to ask these questions, not so that we can come up with a definitive answer, because I think it's probably different Mm. for everybody. Yeah. But once we've ascertained the basics, the questions are, important, I think, to try and deepen our our understanding of God and also our relationships with others. Because questions mean that people are going to have different answers. And I think part of asking lots of questions is the recognition that you're not always going to get the same answer. (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah, And that
0: has to be not only okay, but a really good thing.
1: So I I guess for me, the the question would probably be for the moment and where we're going to move with this in the future I guess is that what have I learned about God that doesn't help and and what happens when I try to meet God as God is not as religion has framed him for me gosh that's going to be a tricky one
0: (laughs) I think I think uh, that requires a lot of unlearning yeah yeah to some degree
1: yeah I reckon you're right Um,
0: and that's quite hard to do um, because habits are, are formed mm. through that. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's why a, a lot of people struggle with um, studying the Bible. I, you know, I, I know people who are very suspicious <laughs> uh, of studying the Bible because yeah, they're afraid yeah. that it will, to, to coin a phrase, um, upset their sacred cows. Yeah. And I think we all carry a lot of these sacred cows around with us. Um, And I think questions, uh, people, I think, and this is just something I've I've found, people are afraid to ask questions because they think it will undermine their faith.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Whereas in in my study of scripture, my listening to uh, people doing podcasts about studies of the Bible and things like that, I've often had, you know, my mind blown by things that I've discovered that uh, go against what I have believed, Mm. but I have yet to find anything that has actually done anything else but strengthen my faith. Mm. And so I think once you discover this, it encourages you to ask more questions because I think uh, understanding that questions can actually strengthen your faith and encourage your faith and enable you to share your faith better Mm. uh, I think it's a very good thing
1: so your question would be how do we barbecue sacred cows
0: medium rare would be my (laughs) answer so what do you reckon we'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of
1: answers you come up with. so you can email us podcast at theodfather.net, or you can jump onto the web theodfather.net, and check all the socials there and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time and keep asking those questions.